Sorry, I was I was just gonna let this go. Just gonna let this play. It's a good jam. It's a good jam, Josh Helmer. Good way to start hour two here on the Plank Show. A lot of Brent Venables coming up in this hour. But first, I wasn't aware of this. And it, it kind of popped into my timeline yesterday from Chris Vanini of The Athletic. Did you know, Josh Helmer, that the NCAA Football Rules Committee approved communication technology equipment this summer after a request from the Big Ten to allow communication and sideline technology in games during the season? So... Starting in the bowl games this December, teams will be allowed to use communication technology in the non-college football playoff bowl games. They'll also be allowed to use in-game video technology like tablets on the sideline with the use of each requiring an agreement from both participating teams and their respective conference offices. So in other words... Which is weird that you would allow it in the non-playoff games, but I guess they look at it like we all look at the Bulls as a glorified exhibition. Well, you said uh, it was the Big Ten that agreed, right? The Big Ten was the one who had submitted the request. They This goes back to the summer. I I can't believe that this has been out here and no one has really talked about it. I had no idea. But this summer, the Football Rules Committee... Approved communication technology as an experiment after a request from the Big Ten to allow that upgrade in the sideline technology and communication. Now, they had asked for it during the season, the Big Ten had. The NCAA Football Rules Committee said, let's experiment with it during the bowl season. Not during the non-conference season, mind you, during the bowl season. NFL National Coordinator of Official Steve Shaw said, quote, This has been a topic front and center of the Rules Committee for the past couple of years. There's a lot of momentum to opening this up. We'd love to have some really good feedback from the postseason. How about that? It'd be, it would be good. I mean, it seems like it's long overdue that uh, why would you not have communication with a couple of players defensively and and then for your quarterbacks so as long as you're not playing in one of the playoff games right and as long as both sides agree to it we're gonna have a green dot in the college football playoffs and we're not gonna have well i i can't say we're not gonna have but we're gonna have the ability to have tablets on the sidelines so players, much like we've seen in the NFL and even in the high school ranks, they're going to be able to go back and see the play instead of looking. I mean, I don't know how many of you guys know this. Like back in the day, there used to be they would have pictures that they would have copies of. They don't do that anymore. And I don't know if they've ever done that in college. And after, after each series, it's a piece of paper that either a position coach or in the case of like Dylan Gabriel, a quarterback is given. And on that piece of paper, it just has the drive and it just has the calls. So now, I mean, this just seems, 
I'm sure it's expensive. I can't imagine that it's cheap. I'm sure there's some sort of sponsor tying as well to it. I mean, Microsoft Surface. I don't NFL. know. In the NFL, right? Um, I don't – you know, it's funny because I saw the University of Tulsa the other night, and everyone kind of freaks out about the cost of it. But I'm looking at Kevin Wilson's headset, and it's got a freaking QT logo on it. So I would imagine there'll be sponsorship opportunities going forward to put your logo on whatever. Maybe it's Brent Venable's headset. I don't know. But to me, the bottom line more than anything else, Josh, this is the step that needs to be taken. And why this hasn't been talked about more, I I don't know. I think everyone would be like, oh, now you're making up your mind whenever it's been in place since the summer that they were going to do this. Indeed. I yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It uh, seems like something that's long overdue. If the National Football League's doing it, then uh, why can at least major college football, Power Five programs, why would they not uh, have access to this technology? And being able to watch things on the sidelines, I mean, that is, yeah, that's way overdue. Way overdue. All right, let's get to the Brent Venables press conference from yesterday. It's hour two of the Plank Show brought to you by Allison Insurance with Josh Elmer. I'm Chris Plank. Good stuff on the text line we'll get to coming up here in just a bit. Again, uh, no change in the four-team playoff rankings last night in the top eight. Oklahoma falls to 17. And if you missed Jed Drenning, get a good perspective on West Virginia by simply downloading the, the podcast, kref.com, or search KREF however you consume podcast. I thought this was a really good question from Bob Prisbillo. You know, Brent talks about, you know, embracing the boring. In other words, I can imagine there is a certain mundane feeling to film study. I would imagine that there is a part of breaking down tape that literally wants to put you to sleep or you want to go to sleep. And Coach Venables talked about that about midway through his press conference yesterday when he was asked. Yeah, again, and it's easy to say. I I think it's – I think it's – is, again, I, I, I'm not naive, so I've been on teams where guys did get bored, you know, where we lost our edge, we lost our focus, uh, and that way the team did, you know, not this guy here and this guy here. I mean, you got 120, you know, plus guys that are 18 to 24 year olds. There, you're going to have plenty of guys that kind of lose their way. Uh, you just don't. It can't be that many. And uh, you know, this team has remained focused and. Uh, no, at times uh, in plenty of games, we there's there's mistakes made. That doesn't. I think it's I think it's lazy to say, oh, they're just they're not focused. They, you know, to throw everybody in there, you know, yeah, uh, you know, you're supposed to keep your eyes on number two. Next thing you know, they they got crisscross going, and you lose count of who number two was. That happens sometimes. I'm talking about a defense relate to number two. And uh, I lost two. I, I looked at one, and you know, and, and next thing you know, you're out of a gap, or you you lose a guy in coverage. That happens all the time. And sometimes it uh, you're exposed, and sometimes you're not. Same thing if you, you know, uh, you know, snap hits you in the hands and you drop it. Like that doesn't mean that uh, you know the team's lost their way. It means you know one guy just mishandled a ball. You know, and that's football. That's football. Uh, it happens all the time, and uh, so um, that being said, um, I, I see a, a team that's man. They've uh, determined and passionate, and they care, and they work, and they respond, and they're uh, tough, and uh, we're not perfect. Good question. 
Got to embrace the, well, my son's at West Point, and their little phrasing that they use all the time is embrace the suck. You got to kind of embrace the suck, right? You, you got to embrace the, the hard part. And, again, everything that a coach says can be considered coach speak, Josh, but it doesn't sound at least in the eyes of Brent Venables or at least in the, the words of Brent Venables like he's seen that from this team. Is that kind of what you were taking away from that? Listen, good question, but it doesn't seem like he sees that from this team. Well, I think that obviously Oklahoma's taken some measures here to try and make sure this thing stays on the tracks with what uh, Brent Venables reportedly, you know, had the meeting with the seniors. Drake Stoops uh, has made his remarks at the beginning of the week that, hey, he's got a lot of pride to play for Oklahoma. Ethan Downs, as soon as he was leaving uh, Bedlam, right, with you, to say that we're not going to let things fester. So I, I think in general, Oklahoma's selling the idea that, that yes, collectively this team, uh, just because a couple of things have gone wrong, they're going to they're gonna try and stay this thing together. And obviously we're going to find out versus West Virginia. I, um, I didn't get to hear the early part of the press conference, we were we were doing some things in studio, and then as soon as I got to my car, I had a phone call that I had to take. So I literally thought, Josh, like the on to West Virginia thing, I thought that's all he said. I thought the answer was, we're on to West Virginia, and that was it. I thought it was very Belichickian. But again, that wasn't that wasn't necessarily the, the, the case in what took place here. So... Here was here was the full comment, the full context, including the question from our buddy uh, George Stoya. Uh, yeah, Brent, I was listening to your coach's show last night, and I heard you say that you probably felt like you maybe had a Rolodex of better plays on that. Fourth yeah, season. I'm gonna. Well, we're, we're on to West Virginia now. Do you feel like, though, generally, that the offensive play calling can improve the last couple of weeks, or is it more of an execution for the offense moving forward? I'm just. We're on to West Virginia. They've done a pretty good job. You know, I think they've got a great body of work. You know, you look at it offensively, you're still number one in the conference in, in scoring. Uh, that is the name of the game there. And uh, first in the conference in total yards, first in the conference in uh, passing. Uh, they've obviously made a lot of good decisions. And, um, you know, I think we're top ten in the country and on third downs, first in the conference in third downs. So, uh They've done a really, really nice job. They've protected the passer really well, one of the best in college football. So That's a pretty good endorsement of your offense, wouldn't you say, Josh? I mean, if – again, I'm not dogging anyone, but when the appearance is that all the man said was we're on to West Virginia, that's not all he said. He literally sat there and, and hyped up his offense afterwards. Hey, maybe he realized, hey, you know. I'm pretty comfy with Teddy. We were talking about Drake Stoops in the moment. And even after he said, you know, we probably have a Rolodex of better play calls there, he went in depth and said, you can do this with the offense or do this with the route. But I don't know about you, Josh. I thought that was a pretty good answer. Hey, we're not going to sit here and mash over what happened against Oklahoma State anymore. We're on to West Virginia, and that's it. We didn't even get the uh, token, well, Everything could be better. We, we right, didn't get that exactly. response. It was just no. We're we're moving on. We're talking about West Virginia. No more, no more about uh, the Rolodex of plays. But I, I just there was 
There was more to it. He literally gave a good answer about where the offense is. And people were making it seem like he just stonewalled everyone and said, we're on to West Virginia. And that's not what happened there. That's not what happened at all. Well, it did take a follow-up. Right. And he answered the question. So you can say, but if I just said, well, he said they're on to West Virginia when I asked him about that. Fair. But then he gave you a great answer about the offense. Hey, we're still scoring. Number one, I think it's a pretty good job in what they're doing. I mean, I kind of think that's a little bit BS that it gets out there that, oh, he answered the question and just said we're on to West Virginia because he gave, I thought, a great answer to that. Am I am I just old man, get off my lawn, complete homer here? You can say it. I mean, I'll, I'll wear it. But I just, when you throw out there, hey, he just said he was on to West Virginia and asked about the play. Yeah, okay, fair. But then he gave you a pretty good answer about play calling and where the offense is. I would say he definitely didn't want to get into the weeds anymore about the fourth down and five play call. And he wasn't going to be in the business of basically saying that the play calling hasn't been good enough. He wasn't going to sit and go back and forth on that for an extended period of time. Talk about the offense and generalities, but in terms of that singular play, wasn't going to drill deep on it in that moment. Fair enough. All right, more. Um, West Virginia and its offensive line. You heard Jed drinning on with this moments ago. And Jed basically laid out, hey, our strength is our offensive line. Brent Venables talked about that West Virginia offensive line. Yeah, they're physical. Uh, they play with confidence. There's really good co- cohesion and chemistry there. Uh, they don't – you just – they work together well. Kind of like that marching band. You like you know it when you see it, you know it when you don't. They're all, uh, you know, uh, really uh, got good chemistry out there uh, on the field when you watch them. Uh, you know, they do a lot of pre-snap communication, and, and they just don't turn people loose. They get, do a great job in uh, protecting uh, the passer. Uh, they've only given up nine sacks on the year, which is 11th in the country, uh, second in the conference. And, uh, you know, very few tackles for loss, disruptive type plays. Uh, they just, they don't, there's not a lot of leakage there. there. There you go. So, I'm just of that, I'm of that opinion right now, Josh Helmer, that everyone is wanting to get a little bit more philosophical about things, right? Because if you listen to a majority, and that's not, I love those kinds of conversations. That's not a knock on this off, on this conversation. That's a knock uh, on nobody. That's something that I love. I love that conversation. I love it. Pastor Andy, please tell me you're trying to be a smart aleck. Please. Pastor Andy, I don't want to be blocking anyone today, especially whenever their name is Pastor Andy. But he tweeted in, sure sounded like Brent Venables was talking about West Virginia's offense. They are not ours. No, he was, he was talking about Oklahoma's offense. Oklahoma's offense leads the league in scoring at 39.9 points per game. West Virginia is sixth. You know, Oklahoma leads the Big 12 in total yardage. They're averaging as an offense 490 yards per game. West Virginia is ninth. So please tell me that was tongue-in-cheek. 
And then one more. Based on the coach's answer, it sounds an awful lot to me like he has a complete handle on what this team is. And he also realizes, like we should realize, this is still year two of a rebuild. Okay. I thought it was sarcasm, Andy. Thank you. I had faith in your fandom. Uh, But anyway, it was a lot of – and not like you can't have that opinion. I'm not trying to be smarmy here or smart key. but when you're like, man, he's probably talking about West Virginia's offense. Like, no, he's talking about Oklahoma's. Championship level is all that matters, right? You lose one or two games, you are allowed as a fan to question everything that you want. But I also – I also think when coach gives an answer and people act like he doesn't, that's that's the thing that kind of perturbs me a little bit. Just just a skosh. Well, on the fourth and five play, he, he didn't he wasn't gonna break that down anymore. Not anymore, right? He had to do it on a coach's show. He did it with us on Monday night. I just think you reach a point to where it's like, meh. And, and I think that's totally fair. Uh, you know, both. Wait, things- hold on, hold on. Like, when, I'm sorry, Josh. He had to answer about a post game and did. He had his coach's show that he talked about it. Then he had Sooner Sports Talk. I mean, what, what more is there to truly say about it? It was a mistake, and I think he made his his comments and thoughts known. And it was a great question. I, I thought it was a great question for jo- from George to ask it. Hey, last night you said this, and, but for people on social media to act like he didn't further elaborate on where the offense was, I, that's where I kind of got perturbed a little bit. Sorry, go ahead, Josh. No, I, yeah, I, I don't have too much more to, to add on it, and I don't – I don't blame Brent Venables at all. I mean, look, he doesn't have to sit there and talk about the fourth down and five play a million times. Uh, like I said to, to begin with, it's, it is time to move right. on to West Virginia. He can't sit there and be critical of his offensive play caller. They've got to turn the page. They, they've got to turn the page and try and go play a good three football games and then uh, a fourth after that in a row. Yeah, and, and Sean, you're right. It's not the fans making those soundbite cuts. It's the media. That's right, and it, just, and it, get clipped, it gets clipped. In that, hey, Brent Venables was asked about the fourth down call, and all he said was, we're on to West Virginia. And everyone lost their mind. But I think it's, the great, I think it's a great answer to it, but there's also more. It's, it's like even the Rolodex question. The Rolodex question. There's context to it. If you just hear we have a Rolodex of better plays, boom, that stands out. But there's context to it. Context is king, as I've learned from Bruce Pritchard. Is it already 1022? Somehow, some way, yes. All right, we got a break. We got a break. When we come back, uh, more from the Brent Venables presser. You guys are on fire on the Knippelmeyer text line. We'll get to it next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. I will say it is very odd being at home today as we come to you live from our Goldsby slash Washington studios. Hour two brought to you by Allison Insurance. Josh is standing by in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Any good drama that I'm missing at the uh, studio today? Anything fun? Who's talking about what? Any good gossip? There's actually, I believe there's something that uh, has arrived for you, matter of fact. Oh, yes. Yes. So it is uh, patiently waiting for you up front. But other than that, no, it's been uh, pretty relaxed today. Do you know what I've I've realized what that is? Everyone kind of panicked a little bit because it came in a box. Uh, That's something from Dodger Blaine. So I'm very excited to see what it is, Dodger Blaine. Don't tell me. I like I like being surprised, right? I like being surprised. But when Drake sent me a picture of the package yesterday, I think everyone was a little bit concerned. It's like, what, what's? <laughs> did you see the package? Yo, yeah, and it's it's a large box, <laughs> it's a big box. It's taped up. It's uh, it's got the uh, 
It's got the Sharpie marker. Why don't you go open that for me, John? I, no, I won't. I want you to open it. It does kind of send everyone into fight or flight, though. Right. When, whenever there's something delivered for you or Toby or Teddy, it's it's just kind of feel a bit scary. But I I will also, especially me, because people like Toby and Ted and me. Never know. I uh, I feel you're I, beloved. I had a. <laughs> we used to have people for some reason on the big o show back in the day i we're really going back now and every so often they would bring by like food and we would always offer it up to the traffic guys first be like hey jeff uh there's some food in the break room if you guys want a little bit of it and we'd we'd watch them eat it and if nothing happened we're like okay the royal taste testers have approved it's good to go here you go jerry <laughs> terrible right i'm a bad person so you sure you don't want to just go open that? Make sure nothing uh, blows up. We good? Uh, if you if you need me to, I will. Nah, Dodger Blaine's good man. We'll uh we'll, we'll open it on the air tomorrow. Unless it's drugs, Dodger Blaine, then let me know and I'll open it in the privacy of my That's own right. home. That's right. Take that. Take that back to <laughs> Costa de Plank. Um. All right. Let's hit a couple of these Kenneth Meyer Chevrolet text line text at four zero five six five one three four three nine. Jeff from Oklahoma City writes, ever since Brent Venables called it a Rolodex of plays, I can't get the image of Levy flipping through a Rolodex in the box to pick plays. Well, and the, the, the social the media artists out there were uh, having a field day. Jim in Arlington sent that to us yesterday. I was cracking up. It looked like something sports tunes would make. Right, exactly. It almost looked like it was a drawing more than anything else. 5808 says, is it a movie-quality Chewbacca mask? I, that's a good question. I don't know. Big Chris. Now, I've met Big Chris. He truly is seven feet tall, baby. At the beginning of the season, everybody said they would be happy with a 10-2 and two season or 9-3 and three season. Then we got that little run, and now everybody's upset. I'm just glad to see that we're making improvements, and like you say, it's only the second year. I'm definitely happy with our coaching staff. And yes, there are mistakes and they will be corrected. I'm sure they'll be corrected. <laughs> I want to see some really good football. These That's next what th- I want to see. I want to see that the next three games and into the bowl game. On some level, I don't disagree with that. Right. Spitz and Tulsa says the, the same here out of the 918. After the win in the Cotton Bowl, we as fans said rebuild is over. Win it now. When all we said before the season was 9-3, and 10-2, we'll take it. And... Uh, I'll subscribe to the idea that sure. I, I was around, hey, you know, 10-2 and two would be would be an improvement. And yet, you live the season and you start 7-0. and oh, And these have not been great back-to-back losses for Oklahoma, where the, the offense goes absent in key moments. Defensively, you didn't get off to a great start at times uh, in either game. And you've just had boneheaded mistakes. So, yes, they've improved, but I need to see that return for Oklahoma over the next uh, three games or so. And really, for me, I would count myself more in the camp of I wanted 11-1. and one. I did. Maybe that yeah. was greedy. Maybe that was unrealistic. But against this schedule, and then you tell me that you beat Texas, and now they've lost two games, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit disappointed right now. That's beat them just- and, and had an amazing game control number from that. Sure, it took a last-second drive. But it wasn't as if Oklahoma trailed the whole game and needed a last-second drive to beat them. They led a majority of that game. It took a pretty wild Texas comeback to even be in that position. So I, I'm I'm guilty of that, too. I talk about expectations a lot. And we 
with what this show is, I'll just, I mean, listen, it, there's no secrets here, but with what this show's kind of foundation is and the station we're on, Josh, we do a lot of expectation shows like, hey, welcome to the program today. How are you guys feeling about at least during the off season? I would say three to four times a month, we're going to have a different angle of expectations leading into the football season, right? And this year, I'll never forget what my buddy Joel Suri, the mayor of Washington, said. He's like, I'm going into this season with no expectations. I'm like, how do you do that? He's like, I have no idea. He's like, I'm just, I'm just going to go in with no expectations. And he's, I'll give him credit, kind of maintained that throughout the year. It's just, hey, I'm happy with, with a win here. Did I get a little bit fired up after Texas? But I also think that, you know, some of those drives may, the late drive may have masked a few things that we didn't do well. It's just, I'm incredibly guilty of seeing them beat Texas and thinking it's one of the best teams in the country. Georgia's lucky we weren't on their schedule this year, right? I mean, it's just that's, that's how you're supposed to feel as a fan. Everything changes. So I think to Chris and to Spence, yeah, if, if I were to have told you that Oklahoma would be heading into its final three games of the year and they were sitting at, what are they right now, seven and two? Seven and two? I think most people would be like, uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. That'd be mad. But then if I told you that you'd beat Texas and you'd finish seven and two, they'd be like, or, or you'd be seven and two at this point. Then how, most people like, how what? We lost twice. How? <laughs> and oh, by the way, you were undefeated coming out of the Texas game, and you looked like the better team of the two for the majority of the day. Then let you'd me, really be scratching your head. Let me ask you this. Would you trade the Texas win? for wins over Kansas and Oklahoma State. Now, I know that the quick natural reaction is, of course we would, because that'd be 8-1 and one right now instead of 7-2. and two. But w- would you? I mean, it's it would mean you wouldn't lose to Oklahoma State, and that would make a lot of people happy, but... I don't like giving up Texas wins, Plank. I know! I, I got a really... <laughs> I got a really tough time doing that. So I understand you'd have one less loss and, you know, big picture season goals would still be there. I I guess I'm leaning yes, but I don't like doing it. This is a good point. Before we get back to the phones at 405-329-9000, we were talking about all the stats and we're talking about all the numbers with Oklahoma's offense and the 405 rise plank. We are 53rd in the nation in red zone offense. Absolutely. That is an area, and again, I try not to make things about the Raiders too, but for some reason over the last few years, the Raiders' weaknesses align with Oklahoma's weaknesses, and I felt like I was watching the same team two weeks in a row, only Oklahoma had more success than the Raiders did. But it's almost as if I watch teams that get in the red zone, and as the field compacts, they don't adjust. And they, they get tight. And I think that's the case in Oklahoma. And it also doesn't help with your red zone offense. It's your field goal kicker. Even though statistically, as Coach Venables points out, it's right where a majority of the kickers are, he's missed some gimmies. So it's a, it's a really good and understandable frustration with this offense. But, Josh, it's also enraging whenever it's like we're getting to the red zone and we're not hitting pay dirt. 53rd in the country. I I actually pulled it up. They are um, 45 red zone attempts. 45 red zone attempts. 
They've only scored a touchdown 30 of those 45 times. And they've kicked nine field goals. So that is six empty trips inside the red zone. Empty, Josh. I mean, you want to talk about something that will cause you to pull your hair out. And I understand it could be worse, right? Um, You don't want to be where Nebraska or TCU is that just can't do anything once they get inside the red zone. But to have that many missed opportunities with what we think the running game should be and having Tawi Walker and having an effective, you know, 60-year quarterback, that's frustrating right there. Agreed. Do you want to get Ron in here before the break? Let's let's do that. Ron, what's going on, man? You're on the show. The Plank Show, that is. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, I was Ron. wondering about uh, the uh, having the receivers, <laughs> pardon me, having uh, receivers in the helmets of the offense and defense, uh-huh. like the quarterback and defense. Two things. One, the players on both offense and defense now look to the sideline for uh, signals is what the defense and what the play is going to be. Mm-hmm. And also on offense, if they have just a quarterback having the uh, re- uh, receiver, would that slow down the, the game as far as uh, throwing up-tempo play? See, I, that's a great question. I don't know because we don't see up-tempo too terribly much in the NFL. In fact, I, I don't know how you feel, Josh. I feel like we don't see it, right? You only – John Gruden wanted to do it for a while, uh, and it worked okay, but you usually only see it in two-minute situations. So I don't know. That's actually a really good sure. question sure for is. Coach's Corner uh, that we can ask next week. But I also – I think it would be better for the defense, honestly, because, you know, the defense, a lot of times they won't signal in until they get the they, – they see what the other team is, is lined up in. And in that instance, I think it would put a lot more on the guy with the green dot if it's a Stutzman for Oklahoma or whomever – but I think it would actually behoove the defenses a little bit more in college. But that's a great question on the offense. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm just, just wondering. It seems like, again, both offense and defensive players look to the sidelines for a play. And I, I was just trying to say, okay, the quarterback gets the play, then he's got to relay it to the rest of the offense. And the defense, the same thing. He gets the defensive set. And he's got to somehow relay it to, quickly to the other players. So, anyway, All right. just a thought. Thanks, buddy. Well, and, and again – Maybe it makes it even faster. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of my thought is, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, because the, you know, linebacker, quarterback, they still have to relay it to everyone, even uh, with it getting signaled from the sideline right now. Mm. Mm. So theoretically, yeah, it could speed it up a bit. And then when do they cut off the communications? Is it when they get to the line of scrimmage? In the NFL? Yeah, I I think that, and so I'm sure college would be the same. Could you imagine if they just left it open the whole time? Oh, man, you and me, I, I, you wouldn't be able to give me one of those headsets. I'd be communicating right what? up until what? the snap. I'd be com- communicating during the snap. Throw the ball! Look, linebacker, linebacker, here they come. Run, run! <laughs> pure, pure chaos. I, I, it's a really good – I think the natural reaction would be it, it, would, it would help them cook a little bit more. But it's also it's, – it's one of those things where you – you also, all right, does it then become, I'm giving you three plays. Here's your three plays. And let's check back, you know, after the, I don't know. But it's a great question, Ron. And if you're wondering about why that conversation would even pop up, kind of, it has nothing to do, I mean, nothing to do, Josh, with anything Michigan-related. 
but it has everything to do with the fact that come bowl games, we're going to see what it looks like. And I'll be, I mean, I haven't even really asked Coach about it. Not, maybe Toby has in the past and I missed it. But I wonder if it's even something that like a Brent Venables would say he wanted. I would assume they would. I would assume Jeff Levy would want it. I don't know. Well, and, and this might shock you. Go ahead. But talking with uh, some of the high school sources that, and obviously it's different high school to college, but one of their fears in getting the communication, which it's much less likely there, but neither here nor there, one of their fears is, okay, well, what happens if the technology fails us? Then are, are, is our team going to be – Right. Are they going to suddenly be up the creek without a paddle, so to speak? So I wonder if there is a similar fear at the collegiate level. And then, uh, I mean, do you just continue to practice the signaling, but do guys take it less seriously because they've got the communication piece? I'd be curious to hear some thoughts on that. Mm. All right, quick break. When we come back, we got more Coach Venables to share coming up next with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. This is the Home of Sooner Fans. But I'm telling you, Josh, I woke up and it was one of those dreams where I was like, did that happen in my life? Have you had those before? Where Where is that real? Yeah, the dream is so real that when you wake up, it takes you a moment. And then even after that moment, you're taking inventory of whether or not it really happened. Yes, I, I've had okay. that. And then and then maybe like 15 or 20 minutes later, you're like, okay, no, that definitely was a dream. But right. it... Uh, it's very jarring at first. Right. And then here's here's the funniest part for me. Someone might say, well, what was it about? And I'm like, I don't know. I have, I can't tell you. I have, I have no idea. I can't remember. I know it was real, but I don't remember. <laughs> All of my dreams usually involve me uh, at, a, at a hotel that I'm not familiar with and trying to find a room or me being on the road and listening to either A, this show, or B, the Sooner Radio Network, and I'm trying to get to where we are and I just can't get there so yeah but I don't know so you had a weird dream last night it seemed so real what was it about no clue don't remember it literally evaporated as soon as I opened my eyes and realized it wasn't real that's a very unusual thing about existing isn't it (laughs) oh man welcome into the plank show uh here was of all the things we've buried I I talked about this with coach Stoops press conference back in the day I thought I thought Coach's opening statement answered just about any question that you might have. He was the best. Uh, Brent Vittables, pretty good at that, too. Got a great uh, challenge this week with uh, West Virginia. He's been playing really good uh, football the last several weeks. Uh, Coach Brown, uh, numerous times, has said he feels like this is his best uh, team that he's had at West Virginia. Uh, They're really running the ball well, uh, super efficient. Quarterback is green, is playing really well, both run and the pass. It's a dual, true th- dual threat quarterback. Probably the strength of their team, as they will tell you, is their offensive line. Got great experience there. They did a great job in the in the transfer portal, uh, bringing in some additional receivers and tight ends. Tight ends they get the ball to uh, quite a bit, and uh, defensively playing uh, uh, really well, playing with a lot of confidence, played with great effort. Got a good experience group back there, and super uh, efficient in the in the special team. So. Uh, Going to be, again, uh, a really uh, good opportunity for us. Uh, you know, we're going to have to play well, and uh, we're going to have to certainly play uh, complimentary football and uh, clean football, taking care of the ball, uh, being able to be efficient, you know, in all three phases. So a um, couple of tough uh, back-to-back uh, games, obviously, 
And uh, but our guys have really responded well. Uh, again, they've got a great mindset. I love their leadership on this team, and uh, you know, there's been uh, you know uh, a real willingness to continue to to work and invest. And our players have invested uh, a tremendous amount in the in the season. So uh, they're anxious to have a, a really good, strong finish. All right, one more from yesterday. I think that would give us. I, I try to keep it at like five. Five cuts. And I know we went a little bit over yesterday with the uh, coaches show. But I love the question that was asked about whether or not he senses his team or his defense getting somewhat tense in late late game situations. Again, I, I don't see uh, players getting tense and those kind of things. I, I don't see that. Um, uh, and again, after the fact, it's always you look at every you, – you, you you analyze every single play in every game. Uh, some were good, some weren't. In some games, like I say, a, a Texas game, you, uh, where you were far from perfect, uh, you know, you didn't turn the ball over, so you, you win the game, uh, even though you got plenty of plays that you weren't very good uh, at all. And you have bust and – bad calls and things of that nature, but you're efficient in a lot of areas and there's a timeliness to some of the things, you know, you're able to execute a, a two minute, you're able to force a, a field goal uh, and not score. So uh, give yourself an opportunity to go down and win. You catch it when you're wide open. Uh, it makes all the calls look really good. So I'm not going to sit here and debate calls and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we take care of that when we meet and, uh, but you're always uh, analyzing yourself, always. And the coach is always, even if it worked, you're like, man, this would have been better. So, uh, you know, there's not going to be a game that you ever coach in that you're not going to be able to uh, go back and say, uh, wish we would have done that different or this different and whatnot. So uh, it's easy to, uh, you know, to sit on the outside looking in and, and, uh, and analyze all that. All right, wait, there was, there was one more. One more quick one, Josh, I promise. I... Thoroughly dug, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier in the hour, how we, we we seem to be asking a lot of we, the royal we, the media, asking a lot of questions kind of on a philosophical perspective, right? Or what'd you learn or, or what lessons have you taken from, you know, say, last year to this year? And I think Jenny Carlson asked the question, hey, you, you've been through adversity a couple of years in a row now. What have you learned about the best way to handle it and how to make sure that things stay on the path that you expect. Yeah, again, it just it starts with me. Again, attitude, um, accountability, uh, ownership, uh, motivation, uh, how you teach and how you correct uh, to get the guys to have the right perspective. Again, in this, when you're in this sport, you know, handling both success and failure and everything in between is, is important. You know, again, your mindset, your attitude, uh, your perspective, and perspective drives everything. And so having the right perspective, again, you know, it's okay. You should be disappointed. You've invested a lot. You didn't get the result that you wanted, but it's not a, you know, it's not a failure. Uh, some people agree with that. Some people won't. That's fine. You know, that's uh, everybody's uh, prerogative. But uh, again, it's got to be eyes forward. You know, you know, you can't sit there and look in the rearview mirror and uh, put the car in a ditch. You got to, you know, eyes forward. And you know, again, uh, what we got to do in front of us. You know, where where we got to correct, where we got to get better. You know, whether that's uh, 
schemes or it's fundamentals or uh, it's new players getting added to to the mix. Uh, it's the matchups, you know, for the next opponent, all those things. You know, uh, when we come back, let's get the injury update. It did sound somewhat positive on Danny Stutzman, but as we count down towards the top five stories of the day, where are the injuries? Wait, what? What are the injury updates for the Sooners? We'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. Is the suck it in, suck it in if you're Rin Tin Tin or Anne Boleyn, make a desperate move in us? I, I love this song, but I never have looked up if I've had the lyrics right. Wait, say that again to me? Okay, whenever um, – hold on, I'm going to find hook lyrics, Blues Traveler. Because whenever they get going near the end of the song, I've always – yeah, okay, I was right. Suck it in, suck it in, suck it in. If you're in Tin Tin or Anne Boleyn, make a desperate move or else you'll win. And then begin to see what you do to me. This MTV is not for free. Yeah, no, I've just never made it that far, I don't think. It's so PC, it's killing me so desperately. I sing to the of love. I right, don't, so don't think I've ever made it. There. You've never made it that far in Hook? No. With Blues? Have you not listened to the whole song? No, it's just a bumper, baby. Oh my gosh, Josh Helmer! I'm you sorry. have you play that song at least once a uh, a week, as and you've never listened to the whole song? No. Crazy, huh? The show has just gone off the rails. Whenever it comes on in the car, I definitely have the windows down and I'm yelling at the car next to me whenever. Uh, what's his name? John <laughs> is John Favre the lead singer of Blues Travelers? I can't remember the Blues Travelers lead singer's name, but I'm like him. I'm just sitting there with a harmonica yelling out the window. Injuries, gentlemen, injuries. Back to sports. Uh, yeah, it's day to day. Met with the trainer just a little bit ago, so we got several guys that are um, literally day to day. Got Danny practice yesterday. Uh, Todd, we practiced yesterday. Uh, Gentry's going to uh, practice today. There you go. Those are the three big ones. Peyton Bowen coming along, too. Injuries looking good for the Sooners. Top five stories today next.